back to the great date guy i'm proud to announce that today we have a co-host oh, no more listening to just me rambling this is gonna be, this is gonna be a conversation with me today is scott pagliaccio um mm-hmm. scott scott <laughs> scott is a men's coach uh scott yeah. is is good at what he does and what we're talking about right now is hey what, what, what do you do when conflict comes up like and a big thing that a lot of us at least initially, I think, don't notice is when we're in a conflict situation, we feel shit in our bodies. And it's like not comfortable. We want to escape. And the easiest way to escape the discomfort, usually for me, for for many men, and for for Scott as well from what he was saying, Mm -hmm. was, yo, I'm just going to leave this person that I'm angry with, this situation that I'm upset or frustrated with, wherever I'm triggered, I'm going to leave the situation. And so we're talking about how do you resolve conflict? And so to Scott's point, I'm going to summarize a few things. The first is noticing that, hey, there's this discomfort, but I don't have to run. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to feel it. And understanding that that's going to be difficult. Um, But in my opinion, it's the, the more masculine thing to do. It is the the manly move there. Uh, And so uh, I want to open up the door for anything else that comes up for you, like more to add about this. Mm. Yeah, my my capacity to feel love and joy on the other side of being in that discomfort is is profoundly more. It's I never imagined that I could feel um, love at the level that I'm able to feel it now. Um, And it's because of feeling the same of its opposite. Like there is no experiencing deep, profound love if you don't feel deep, profound sadness or um, agony, whatever, whatever it is. They are equal parts of one another. And if you avoid feeling one you can't feel its opposite and so i think that's the move man is learning to be with you know the it, it's the shadow work it's the it, for me it's this little boy who was addicted to drugs and alcohol from the age of 12 to 36 and was numb and now all of a sudden i'm the most aware and conscious i've ever been and so now the judo move is to sit in that fire and feel it, man. And on the other side, there's so much healing in in my body. There's so much space that opens up. Um, you know, I just moved from uh, an intimate partnership um, to a friendship. And that's what triggered all of this unresolved, you can call it trauma or conflict in my body. And... I wanted to run. I, I mean, of course, I didn't just stay in it the whole entire time. I, you know, I had, I noticed my behaviors of, of the past, you know, addictive behaviors, whether it be like smoking cigars or, you know, drinking energy drinks to like just get that hit. Um, and, you know, there was times of checking out and times of disassociating. I don't think it's I'm some Buddha, but I knew that the move to 
get to the other side of it was to just be with it. And so there was moments of being with it and there was moments of not being with it. And there, there was this undulation in this awareness of, you know, if I want to get through this, if I want this trauma, if I don't want to feel this way anymore, it's my, it's my personal responsibility to be with it. And I don't need a woman, um, to make me feel okay. I don't need an exogenous substance to make me feel differently. It's my responsibility to soothe myself, to give myself from within myself the love, the attention, the soothing, you know, the hug, the um, affirmation. Yeah. What? So that's what I've learned. Yeah. I want to. I want to jump in here again. And thanks for thanks for letting me do that. Um, yeah. Sure. Around a couple of points here. So if you're unfamiliar with trauma work. Um, it's not the idea that like you were like sexually abused at some point and like now, now you suffer the consequences. Trauma will pop up anytime that your system is overwhelmed. It mm -hmm. had to take on something that was bigger than it was capable of dealing with. And so you might notice that a lot of, a lot of stuff comes from childhood because back then we're still developing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so something that happens a lot is when we're in conflict, um, trauma patterns will happen. Um, and so if you look at your own behavior, as, as Scott is pointing out here, you may notice that certain things show up again and again and again. So for instance, one really fun exercise, not fun, it's horrible. Uh, I did this, <laughs> it was the worst, right? Yeah. Is, is you go through every relationship you've ever been in and then you write down why it ended, right? Mm. How did it end? Yeah. And for me, I saw, hey, uh, at some point, I fell out of love with this person. I got tired of them. I blamed them. Uh, mm. And then I left. It was always me. Like uh, like 99% of the time, it was me ending the relationship for one reason or another. And it was always it was always the same reason. And so here we begin to see, all right, there's something. There's something going on here. Mm -hmm. And I think if we just connect this to the previous idea of when your trauma pattern is triggered, it feels terrible. And usually it's like, now I have to go, I have to leave. By sitting and feeling the feelings, you're retraining your nervous system so that when it's in that mode of fight or flight, I have to leave. Mm -hmm. It begins to understand, wait, no, hey, there's another way to deal with this. I can be here in the fire, as Scott was saying. And that response can get smaller and more manageable, smaller and more manageable. And the benefit here is no relationship survives if it can't survive conflict. And if you can't stay in the fire, your relationship is done. So if you want long-term meaningful connection with someone, you have to learn this skill. And that's what Scott's talking about right here. So I think I, think, uh, I want to bring up the question of like, sure. how did you begin to start doing this work like what was your aha moment why did you how did you dive in this particular time or just in general i guess in general because like i feel like i feel like it's always so varied like how do people how do get people get started on this path mm. and like what what how do you see this as valuable as opposed to you know doing the usual thing and just repeating what you were doing yeah um this was the most intense it's ever been so I like this has been the, I really feel like for the first time in my entire life, I am really feeling 
all of the feelings from my past. So, um, I guess be getting involved with men's work, um, initially, uh, back in around 2016, 2017 and meditation has, has helped. Um, but like I said, like something happened in this relationship I was in currently that re really had me understanding and I just started I, I think that the big thing was I started to seek coaching to seek help like to reach out I reached out to you you know and I knew where this was heading and it wasn't heading in a good way and I couldn't I didn't feel like I could see my way out without help so I started to reach out to people and as I went out on the way the way kind of appeared like I wanted to find the answer and I knew it wasn't outside of me. I knew it was from within me. And so I sought out people who could point me towards myself to help me um, understand this. So for, to be honest, this feels like the very first time. It, it doesn't feel like um, all the work that I've done for the past 20 something years compared to anything that I experienced over the course of the last, let's say, month. Um, you were heavily involved just having a space where I could reach out and say, Hey man, I'm fucking dysregulated and I feel like shit, man. And I don't, I don't know what to do. But then I also realized it, I couldn't use you as a crutch. Mm. Like I appreciated the space. And then I also knew that I was responsible for helping myself. Like it, it cause at one point I remember I was reaching out and I felt like, you know, I felt really needy and I felt okay because you you know, you created this space. We, we created this together for each other. And then I realized, like, this is my pattern. Like, I'm seeking something other than myself to resolve something from within myself. And I wanted to do the hard work. Um, although, again, you, you, you provided the space. And even if we didn't speak, um, just knowing you were there helped me. And, and, and yeah... And there were other coaches and I did some shadow work and all of a sudden the pieces of the puzzle started to come together and I realized behaviors I was taking on that were old. These feelings were old. They weren't new. And the only, what it came down to was be with it. Don't check out. Don't jerk off. Don't, you can't fuck it, snort it, smoke it, drink it, shop it, eat it. You got to be with it, man. And, and that's what I started to do. And as I started to do that, like really consciously sit, like I said earlier, sit in the fire, it, it began to, you know, alchemize and like uh, it started to transmute and transform and the space opened up. Yeah, go ahead, man. Jump in. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing all of that. And yeah, I, you're welcome. Dude, yeah, it's been, I've, I've appreciated being part of that journey because for me, participating with you in that space has opened up a lot for me as well. Mm. Um, particularly around, hey, if you're having a shit time, tell someone, and that shit time usually begins to feel better. But I'll tell you what, it was a lot easier to open up and tell you that I had a, a crappy day, that mm. I was having a rough time, or I was feeling sad or alone, because you opened up the door. Um, and there, there's an opportunity here, gentlemen, to do the same for someone in your community just to yeah. begin sharing and creating the space for this. And it's fucking terrifying. It's yeah, terrifying. <laughs> it is, man. It really, it really is like to be vulnerable like that when you're feeling so raw and so 
like awful yeah to just raise your hand and say hey i need help um yeah it's hard it really is yeah and and i want to say like you're probably wondering what's the benefit that sounds like a bad time i'm gonna feel weak i'm not gonna mm. feel like a man why would i do this especially if it's hard right and the answer is because if you do this instead of dragging it out and feeling bad about yourself and like throwing yourself into the world of porn or YouTube or video games and you lose yourself for a few days, mm. it's done. It's like pulling off the band-aid. It's like throwing up when you're feeling nauseated instead of just holding it in. Right. You get it out of your system. And so you, you can be in suffering for like 48 hours to a week. Oh yeah. And then your system will regulate itself after a while. Or you do this and you're done in 10 minutes. Like sometimes it's as simple as just telling someone, fuck today sucked, man. And I, I'm so frustrated and I, I feel sad at the same time. This is not, mm. this is just not working out for me right now. Yeah. Yeah. And there was one of the days I would just remember just being seen by you and understood. Like I thought I was isolating um, because maybe I was doing some of those behaviors that you were just talking about, but you're like, yo man, um, you reached out to me and if you reach out to me that means you're not isolating and something shifted in that moment in that very moment there was a huge shift in me. I'm like yeah because I remember when I would do that for days weeks you know this journey that you and I have been on I've noticed that I've been able to self-regulate a lot quicker and then also utilize a space that we have for one another to co-regulate to co you know and it's not being codependent it's being it's like if you were with an intimate partner you would you can utilize them to help you regulate your nervous system it, it is ultimately my personal radical responsibility to do that for myself but as my friend as a cohort as a brother you and i have an agreement that if we need one another and we're at, we're in the shit that we can count on each other and there's times where I can be with it and do it myself. And then there's times where I want you or, you know, it's actually a need, man. I, I don't feel like I can do it myself. And so I need some, I need someone who's safe, a safe, you know, man. Um, because I was going through like a difficult time with the person that I was with, who was a woman. And, you know, this men's work that we've done is, you know, being able to trust a man and feel safe to share your deepest, darkest, you know, difficulties is, is very, um, liberating because of the men that are, I was around when I was younger were not safe, man. You know, I was bullied and beaten up and, you know, drug addicts, alcoholics, like these were not safe men. You know, when I can share my heart with you and, and, and be, just be, this is where I'm at and not be judged or made wrong. Actually, you're like, you know, I remember you telling me, man, you're doing a great job. Given your current circumstances, you're doing quite well, Scott. And and just hearing that, like being heard in that and then being validated by you, Rob, was um, super healing. So there's these instant moments of healing and shifting. And this work is, is not linear. You know, it's over time. And I just noticed over the course of my life, if I connect the dots looking back to who I used to be or how I used to be to how I'm being now. God damn, I'm fucking 
proud of myself, man. And this work is is beyond gratifying. It's necessary, man, if you want to have good relationships and good friendships. I, I don't think um, what we're modeled in society, drinking, smoke, you know, drugs, whatever, that, you know, I've been sober for almost 20 years, man, and that isn't the move. I know that the move is to go inward and be responsible for taking care of my inner world, myself. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's, there's so much to respond to inside of that. Um, I resonate with a lot of what you're saying. And I think for, for the listener here, I want to point out something. So Scott mentioned, hey, I grew up and I was bullied. Like I did not have the experience of being able to share who I authentically was, what was on my mind, how I was feeling with other guys. Um, and being in connection with you helps remove that fear. And so on, on this podcast, we talk a lot about dating, relationships, wealth. And the one thing that stops people from getting everything they want in those two arenas is usually fear, right? Fear of rejection, fear of someone saying no, fear of like being made fun of, beat up, uh, beat down. And this is the process that you use to get through that fear. Something bad happened in the past. Now we're afraid of that, right? And as an adult, we begin to update that mental model of, hey, this is not as dangerous as my brain is making it seem. When things are dangerous, I either decide that it's too difficult, I leave, I get triggered, right? And part of me is scared, but doesn't want to admit that it's scared, so it gets mad at the situation. Then I leave, right? We look at these patterns and we begin to extinguish them. And when you can do that, it makes available everything that you fucking wanted. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I just said, spoke to this very thing. Um, no one can reject you, but you. Like if I was going to ask a girl out and that younger part of me comes online and says, don't do it. Like the fear, you know, younger boy who doesn't have the skills to powerfully ask for what he wants. He does come online. It actually happened for me. And I remember hearing him come up and then I was like, oh no, I got this. We're okay. And I just powerfully asked for what I want and I chose her and she said yes. So I would have lost twice if I listened to him or that part of me. I wouldn't have asked her out and I wouldn't have gotten a yes. But instead, I didn't reject what my deepest heart, my deepest truth was and I powerfully asked for what I wanted. And even if she said no, that couldn't that is not a rejection the only rejection is if i don't honor and go and ask for what i want period yeah and uh that was yeah that was just really liberating to do something like that like to be afraid to hear that to be aware that that there was no truth to it and then to honor what i wanted ask for it and i wasn't concerned if there was a yes or a no i was the only thing that i cared about was honoring me and my want no yeah. losing no losing i, I want to echo that and say that this shows up in conflict a lot for me mm. a lot of times uh, i'll get to a point where it's like fuck this i'm gonna go like there's no point why would i stick around here i'm fucking out yep and at that point one of the things that i notice in myself is i don't want to take the risk of getting shot down again 
I might be trying to tell her that I'm having a difficult time. I might be in a situation where she's reacting to me right. and I don't want to give it another go because deep down inside, I'm afraid yeah. of something bad happening. And as Scott was saying, it's, it's beginning to notice those fear states and deciding like, hey, if I don't swing for the fences again, if I don't communicate despite this thing and I just leave, then I lose twice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I reinforce this pattern and I also don't get what I want. Right. And I, I want to, I want to, since we're a little bit shorter on time here, I want to swing the conversation back to just something to close out with and help the listener. Um, and, and what I want to talk about is like, Hey, what's the biggest thing that we've learned about dealing with the conflict space? What's the latest breakthrough that has been the most helpful for us? Hmm. Um, I have something in mind, so I can I can start off with that if you like, or if something's coming up for you, you're more than welcome. No, man. I mean, the only thing that's coming up for me is is the child makes everything about him. When we're when we're young, it's always about us, right? Like, so we make meaning of things that are really neutral, and and so as an adult, as a grown man, I don't make me, you know, I don't I don't assign meaning to to things like that, like. It's, it's neutral. Yes and no aren't good or bad, right or wrong. I'm not a, I'm not a little kid anymore. I, it isn't about me. You know, if somebody says no, it's just no. And thank you for it. You know, it's like, thank you so much for you know, because all that is is information to get me to pay attention that this person wasn't the one for me. And thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for not wasting my time. And thank you for letting me know so I can continue on for someone who's a hell fucking yes for me. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah. the difference between boy psychology and man psychology a, a little bit there. Like, um, just not making it mean something is wrong with me because there isn't. Yeah. I, I think this is a really important point. It's something that I'm working on as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think that swinging it back to the original theme here of yeah. conflict, um, so so much of this, so much of conflict is around someone says no to me. They disagreed mm -hmm. with what I thought, right? Yeah. They don't Fuck see the way they. that I see things. <laughs> Fuck them. Yeah, yeah they're wrong. They're yes. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, it was like, wow, I'm really uncomfortable with no. And then it was like, okay. Maybe the reason why I'm uncomfortable with no is because I am uncomfortable with saying no to people when I mean it. I'm worried about ramifications. So I make someone else wrong when they tell me they're no. Mm. And so my work now is hard, hard boundaries. I'll yeah. let you know what I'm down for and what does not work for me. And I'm not going to slap you in the face with it, but this is, this is absolute. This yeah. is what we're doing. If you're cool with it, cool, let's go. If you're not, then we're done, right? And navigating that in a way that's not triggered and fuck you, go away if you don't believe in me, like yeah. is, <laughs> that, that's a weird slippery slope. True. But as I become more and more okay with putting out my disagreeing opinion, saying no to things, um, I've noticed that some of that reactiveness is going away. 
and yeah, conflict man. is easier. Yeah, it's practicing. And I think one of the things that I learned from one of my mentors was in practicing these boundaries and tools, if it's new, like for the listener, if this is something they struggle with and they're new to it, like one of the things I said out loud to myself and it was really helpful and it was a shift was I've, I've given myself permission to be sloppy around practicing this. I'm not going to get it right all the time and it's going to trigger people and people are going to be pissed off. And you know what? Until I get to a place where like you're talking about where you're like really, you know, super aware and you're, you can't ever, you know, it's not perfect. It, it never can be. There is no perfect. It's I'm doing the best I can over here. And I know that person is doing the best that they can. But when I said out loud, Scott, I give you permission to be sloppy around practicing shit like this. And when, not if you fall on your face, but when you do, you're just committed to picking yourself up dusting yourself off and continuing forward, man. Cause I know I'm going to fuck up. I know I'm going to fall on my face and I'm okay with it. And that was a super like secure place to get to when I told myself that like, Hey man, yeah, I don't have competency, like super high skill around this yet, but I'm going to practice it because I see the benefit in my life and in the people I care for. Boundaries are important, man, to me. And if, you know, it feels like to you as well. And you know, the, the permission that I gave myself to be sloppy instead of I, because I grew up having to be perfect. I was this perfect little boy, dressed perfect, looked perfect. Everything on the outside was perfect, but on the inside, it was a fucking mess. And now I powerfully choose to give myself permission to be sloppy, knowing I'm going to fuck up and that's okay. And then I'm going to continue forward. I'm not doing it with the intention to hurt anybody, but I have to love myself enough if I want to love somebody else fully. Yeah, this is this is really big. Um, one one thing that I noticed, I, I also have a perfectionist streak. Uh, and the other thing that I noticed was there's a piece of my brain that's always looking for the next problem. Mm. Um, and <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and that, that's what I was focused on. And uh, in the middle of therapy, I noticed that, hey, I don't have any problems to talk about. And right now, my brain thinks that's the problem, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it was weird. Um, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. I don't have any problems, but this is a problem. Thinking of that, I don't have any problems. I should have problems. Yeah. Yeah. It means that I haven't assessed the situation properly, and I need to keep looking until I find the thing that's wrong. Cause, and and that, was, that was important to notice. Yeah. Because inside of what you were just saying, hey, there's no permission for me to be messy. And what I'm noticing, what I noticed there mm. was that I, I carried around this belief that like inner peace, confidence, it means that you don't experience fear. You don't experience mm. self-doubt, right? You just, you just flat baseline, nothing bothers you. I think that that's possible. I've achieved that a few times. I know, Scott, sure. you've been there. Yeah. And it's not the whole picture. That's a peak state. Yeah. Inner peace is... I'm in this situation, I feel like crap, and I'm confident I can get through this. Yeah. I will coach me through. You've coached me through, yeah, yeah, that's what I like about you and, and the way you coach, man, is like, yeah, yeah, you got this, man. Like, totally. Like, that, it's super helpful. Like, that frame that you just put it into, like, that context would help me tremendously, you know. And then I'm also curious, like, too, when you say you're always looking for problems, I'm curious, like, where did that start to show up, man? Was that something the way you were, um, you know, 
growing growing up was that like because I know for me it was that way too like it's, you're looking your parents were always looking for what you were doing wrong rather than looking for what's right in a situation and I fell into that trap when I had kids too and then I realized wow man that mustn't feel good over there to always constantly be made wrong and I started to shift to look what are my children doing right man let me look for something that they're doing right all the time rather than looking for what they're doing wrong because we can easily fall into that trap even with our relationships like what's wrong with my relationship like there's probably a fucking million things that are going right if you just look in the other direction man (laughs) yeah yeah the reality is like a record example i can i can drop the needle on the track where i'm looking for stuff that's wrong but i'm never gonna run out yeah yeah i might as well pick the one that's more enjoyable like from time to time, it's okay for me to be on that track. And it's okay yeah. to look for stuff that's wrong because sometimes shit is fucked up and you got to figure it out. Yeah. But but it is giving yourself the option to do both. Yeah, it's to, it's to understand that there is another thing you could be looking for. Like, okay, you don't always have to be looking for the wrong shit, man. There's some right shit happening too, man. Take a look in, over here, man. You know, yeah. balance it out a little bit. Yeah, and, and this is this is not like, hey, you guys are fucking this up if you're not. This this is something that we're actively discovering and having to lean into. And it's yeah. like, even even though both of us have been doing this for years, we still find, I, at least I'll speak for myself, I still find areas mm-hmm. where it's like, I haven't applied this basic fucking lesson. Like, the secret to good communication is communicating. Like, that's it. <laughs> Just talk about your shit. I yeah. rediscover that like every month. Like, it's just like, how could I... But but that's how it is. Um, yeah. So I think that I think the times you spend in you know um, I don't I, like in forgetfulness is less and less. Like we're I'm remembering more that there is those other options rather than being stuck in in the other way for longer periods of time. Like nobody, like you said, nobody is in a peak state twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. It zend out flow. It's like we do this work like on the mat. Um, in the gym, reading, whatever it is, so we can practically apply it into our actual experience of life. And had we not had these tools, just think what the fuck would be going on. Like, it's I remember this stuff that I've learned and spent all these years training to do, and then sometimes I fucking forget, man. And it's a shit show. But my baseline is never all the way back down where I started. It's, oh, hold on, man. I'm like way the fuck up here now. I used to be way down here where I had no awareness. Like my jumping off point is is much, much higher up the ladder. So it's kind of nice to know that like, yeah, we fall. Of course we do. But how, how quickly we can get up and how quickly, you know, or how, yeah, how quickly we're able to be resourced and be back in the game and own our shit and realize, you know, there are other options or opportunities is far 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 easier and far less time consuming it's like oh yeah man i'm in the fucking judo i got this move i know this yeah something like that yeah i mean exactly exactly like that (laughs) um but yeah i'm seeing we're at time so let me let me run through a quick summary here today we're talking about conflict resolution being with conflict right the fire and the discomfort of it and what we discussed was hey um 
it's really easy to fuck up in this space. You're probably going to do it. We will continue to do it. But the point is, hey, you sit in that fire for as long as is comfortable and you continue to do it. And over time, you will find that conflict gets easier and easier and easier. But you stick with what your authentic voice is. You're not there. You're not blaming the other person. You're just like, hey, this is you're being responsible for what you feel. Right. And you're trying to communicate with this other person instead of attacking them. But the big part, the most difficult part is just being with the discomfort and some ways that you can get through that you breathe, slow down your breath and you just feel right. You might need to take time away from that other person, Sure. but you also want to give yourself permission to take this on as an imperfect practice. Know that it's going to be messy. Know that you are not going to feel like a goddamn monk in the middle <laughs> of that fire. We all have that animal reaction. You're on fire. Go, go react, you know, <laughs> but, but understand that over time, that reaction will get smaller and smaller. Um, and yeah, I think I that's, that's the, that's general synopsis. Anything you want to throw in, in like the last 30 seconds here? Man, no, I just, I mean, there was so much going on for me when we were starting, especially because I was triggered around the technology thing and when we got things going and then you asked me, you know, what do I, you know, <laughs> what do I do? And I'm just, I was just lost, man. So I felt like all kinds of shit going on. And I just, there was a time where I, in the beginning where I just wanted to say, fuck this. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I want to run away, but I stayed with it, man. So absolutely everything you're talking about, stay, the conflict isn't out there. It's in here in and then you're dealing with another human being or technology or whatever it is, but you can't run away from it. You can't, you can't, it's the move is to be with it. And over time, like you said, um, the more practice you have, the better able you are to be with it. And especially in an intimate relationship, like being with your experience of upset and another human beings and holding the space where you're able to listen to them, to understand them, like as a leader, and I think we're, we're all in these roles of leadership. Whoever's the most resourced is responsible for giving what they want to receive. If I want to be heard, I better give listening. And I better give deep listening to understand. Even when I'm activated, there's times where I know I need to take space. But I think that the judo move is to be able to stay in relationship, in, in the present moment, during the actual conflict, and work with your nervous system and the other person's nervous system and everything that's going on and not run. Um, you know, I think that's, that's the move. So that's, that's what I would add on the, on closing. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and I, I think that's, that's plenty of information. That's probably too much information. I don't know. It's, it's probably a lot of information to digest all at once. So don't worry if it didn't all stick. Um, so thank you for listening. Um, I love you. Appreciate you being here. And of course, we're going to be going live, uh, well, not live, I guess we're going to put these episodes live mm-hmm. Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. You'll hear more from us. There might be a rebrand. Uh, we're going to talk things out, but you can expect Scott to be a regular co-host on this show. Anything you want to say, Scott? Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thanks, for Rob, you for inviting me here to share with your listeners and be a part of the community. I'm Super grateful. Um, yeah, thank you all for taking the time to come over and check us out. Um, excited to, to share um, and co-create with you, Rob. I have just loved our friendship and being with you and growing together. And um, yeah, I just want to serve and share and love and <laughs> be loved and um, bring value to, to your listeners. So thank you again for everything. And thank you all for listening. <laughs>
Fuck yeah. Big love. I'll catch you all around. Peace.